This is the podcast of Christian Life Center, an Assemblies of God Church in Springfield, Massachusetts. For more information, visit our website at clc413.com. You would open with me in your Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. Heavenly Father, we open our ears and our hearts to hear and to understand what you desire to speak to us today. I pray that we would not only hear it, but that we would live it out so that our lives can reflect your glory. Thank you, Lord, that whenever we ask, we do receive when we truly seek you with all of our heart. Amen. The story is told of a lady who became very angry at her pastor. And when she finally had the opportunity to speak with him, She said, I called you all morning at the church. I dropped by to see you in the afternoon on Tuesday, and you weren't there. Her pastor said, I'm very sorry, ma'am, but Tuesday is my day off. Your day off, she said. I'll have you know that the devil never takes a day off. The pastor replied, you are absolutely right, ma'am. And I suppose that if I did the same thing, I would become just like him. Our lives can get so busy, and I think at times we fool ourselves in thinking that if we just get this one more thing done, we'll have more time for God. Time Magazine, back in the 60s, there was an expert testimony that was given to a Senate subcommittee on time management. They predicted that advances in technology would radically change how many hours a a week people work. They forecasted that the average American would be working 22 hours a week within 20 years. This is back in the 60s. The great challenge, the experts said, would be figuring out what to do with all the excess time. And now, here we are with incredible advances in technology. And how many of us are wondering what to do with all the time on our hands. It simply doesn't work that way, does it? We think that we're going to have this extra time and we can deceive ourselves to think that when we get this done or when we get that done, that then we will seek the Lord. The Bible tells us that not only is today the day of salvation, but we must seize every opportunity to lay hold of what God has for us during that day. And I want to encourage you this morning that every single day is a gift of God to you and what you do with it will determine how your next day will go. You see, every single day we are establishing habits in our lives. And those habits affecting us throughout our life. 
many ways the job that we get and if we are going to be promoted to another level, it will be determined by how faithful we were and the good habits that we establish in what has been entrusted to us. God is looking for people who are not only willing to work, but also willing to find rest in him. Jesus said these words in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Listen to them carefully. He said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden that I give you is light. Now that word yoke, perhaps the first thing that can come to many of our minds is an egg yolk. But that has nothing to do with what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about a yoke which is something that is placed around the neck of an animal that is working not alone but together. And so two oxen would be placed side by side and a yoke would be placed over both of them so that they would both follow in the same pace, doing the same work. So if you had an oxen that was very weak, the other oxen would essentially help carry the burden. So both of them would be working together to get the job done and it wouldn't simply be one that was doing the work. Jesus says, he says, take my yoke upon you. He says, I want you to latch up with me because together we are going to be able to do what my father has asked us to do. And by the way, he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The enemy wants us to think that God's expectations of our lives are overwhelming, overbearing, too much for us to handle. The enemy would like to tell us, if you follow after Jesus, it's going to be too difficult. Now, granted, Jesus said that when we follow him, we will suffer persecution. But I want to tell you something. Sometimes we don't see the whole picture when we're analyzing things because we're analyzing in our carnal mind. You see, the truth is, is that the pain and the struggle and the difficulty that you and I deal with on a daily basis anyways is no better than having persecution come our way when we are doing the will of God. Why? Because God gives a sense of joy and satisfaction when we are doing his will, even if it is accompanied by external pain. I think some of the most uh, uh, challenging situations that you and I can go through are difficult battles and burdens that we can carry and fight in our mind. It's evident because there are many who come to the decision to think that life is not worth living. But yet, what a wonderful thing that even in the midst of difficult persecution, you and I would be able to be filled with the joy of the Lord. 
There is no battle that the enemy can bring at us that can overcome our spirit. Even if the exterior of our body or something that we're dealing with is taken from us, even in the midst of that persecution, God gives us as the sustaining power of his Holy Spirit. And sometimes what the enemy tells us is, is if you really go all in with God, I don't know if you can handle it. It's going to be too tough for you. God's going to ask too much of you. God is going to give you challenges that probably you can't handle, and you're just going to have to throw in the towel. But I'm here to tell you, my friend, there is not one job that God will ask you to do that he does not give you every single thing that you need to get the job done. And that's why Jesus said over and over, do not be afraid. Do not fear. And God says to you today, do not fear whatever challenge God has in store for you. It will end up being a blessing instead of a curse. God is a God of blessing, not of cursing. The enemy is the enemy who brings curses, not blessings. And so even when God leads us through the valley of the shadow of death, his rod and his staff are there to comfort us. And for any of you who have been through a valley of the shadow of death and have felt the gentle nudge of the rod and the staff of your shepherd, you know that it is very consoling to know that God is walking with you. I have spoken with so many who have said to me, you know, when I was going through that difficult and dark valley, I wouldn't have wished it on anyone. But now looking back and the things that I've learned and the way that I've got to know the heart of my God, I wouldn't change what I went through for the world. The only way someone can say that is that they came out of that difficulty with something that was of great treasure and very valuable. Do not believe the lie of the enemy <coughs> that would like to tell you that God will call you to an impossible task. Every single thing God asks us to do, he will help us to do it because there is nothing that is too difficult for our God. Now, for each one of us, it's a little bit different. For Chris and Cindy Stuckey, we had the privilege of, of uh, getting to know them just after they had sold uh, the business and were heading over uh, overseas. They sold everything that they owned. <coughs> and their heart impacted my heart. Because with a simple faith, they were willing to say, God, you called me and I'm willing to go. And so they did. And God has been using them. He has been working through them. They face, as Kayla mentioned, great risks every day. But I believe that they wouldn't trade it for the world. Because what they are sharing is the message of the gospel. And there are lives that are being saved. And there is such a great joy when you save someone's life. There really is. If you've ever had a chance to save someone's life, you know that that person not only feels indebted to you because you saved their life, but there's a great happiness inside of your heart that if you hadn't intervened, they'd be dead. And see, the truth is, is that those who are lost, God has designed it that you and I will be able to share the message of the good news. 
There are so many people all around us uh, today, and in our situation, it's a bit different than East Africa because we don't have the exact same setting. We have freedom to be able to worship God. We have Christian radio stations to, to be able to listen to. Uh, you can have uh, almost anything at your fingertips on the internet to be able to search up about God or to hear wonderful sermons uh, online and, and, and many different resources. So in many ways, we are in much of a different setting. But what has happened is, is I think, we have become overwhelmed with resources that we can at times not appreciate them like we should. The Word of God is what breathes life into you and to me. And yet, our, life can get, our lives can get so filled up with busyness that we are going so fast and we, we think somehow we're doing God a favor by making it to church on Sunday. But the truth is, is that every single day, you and I need to eat God's word. It's absolutely critical. It's our human nature to try to just keep moving forward, to produce more, to be able to get more, to be able to enjoy life more. But friends, if you don't allow your decisions in this life to be determined by the life to come, you can amass all kinds of accomplishments that at the day of your death will be left here. And what a waste if all that we've been living for is this life. You see, in the, in the scriptures we are told that God has set aside a day of rest for us. And that day of rest is coming. There is a day that is coming when you and I will not have to labor like we do now. In fact, work was not uh, the curse that was brought upon Adam and Eve. They were working in the garden before they fell. The curse was simply that they would have to work harder. That's all. That they would have to do a lot more for the same produce from the ground. All of a sudden, now there's thorns and thistles. There's rocky ground. A lot of extra work that had to be done. One day, you and I are going to have to deal in the same way with the level of labor that we deal with now. Praise God for that. So that day of rest is coming. But there is a rest that you and I can experience before heaven. And that is when you take on yourself the burden that God gives you and you give him the burden that you carry. When Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and let me teach you, that means that there were things that needed to change. And I believe that every single one of us, especially here in the United States of America, we desperately need the Holy Spirit to teach us to bring our schedules under the control of the Lord. And more than anything in our mind, we need to be willing to trust the Lord. And then as we believe God in our mind, then that will flesh out in our actions day by day. When we travel too fast in our life, 
we can miss important things. In fact, it can be self-destructive. There, um, there was a story of a Navy jet fighter that shot itself down in the air. And the way that it happened was that the, the jet was flying at supersonic speed, faster than the speed of sound. And it shot these cannon shells out, and a few seconds after it shot them out, the jet was flying faster than the cannon shells actually ran into them. And it was impacted by its own weapons. Sometimes, trying to think that we're going to do ourselves good, we do ourselves harm by not allowing ourselves to have the necessary rest that we need in the Lord. You see, if we don't have time to worship God regularly, if we don't have time to read His Word or to pray, if we don't have time to rest, we're traveling too fast. If we're neglecting these things, then we can't really hear the voice of God. And we can't tell whether or not we're really in the center of his will. Taking time to hear God's voice is really important. My family and I had the wonderful privilege <clears throat> to be able to go on vacation. And part of our vacation was being able to go to a family camp. At family camp, there was events for all age groups, the adults, the youth, and the kids. And uh, my wife and I just took time to be able to rest and relax in the mornings, and then in the evenings, there were services every night, and we were greatly blessed. Uh, Greg Hubbard was ministering, and we, we, were, we were blessed to hear a word from the Lord that was very timely uh, each time we were able to, to join. And during those times of rest and relaxation, God speaks to our spirit, and we slow down. We need to take those times away. We need to take our times of vacation. I have spoken with people who are so busy that they don't even have time to take the vacation that is allotted to them at work. In fact, there was a survey that was done by an insurance company, and the survey, the survey showed that one out of every six workers in the United States feels too busy to take all the vacation days that they've earned. Even though studies also show that a, week's, uh, a week of vacation every year can dramatically reduce stress and the risk of heart attack, many people just keep working nonstop anyways. We have an inner drive that pushes us to achieve, to accomplish, to excel. Not only just to be all that we can be, to, but to be sometimes more than we can be, and it becomes detrimental to us. We can pay a heavy price with our families, our health, our well-being in search of some goal, and when we obtain it, the price that is paid is more than expected. Uh, Billy Graham, I am so encouraged by his life, and he ministered to millions of people. And many came to Christ. He said that if he had it to do all over again, he said that he would have scheduled more time with his family. See, God has given all of us tasks to do. But we cannot become too task-oriented. We must stay focused on the things that really matter.
The Apostle Paul put it this way. He said, what good is it if I reach other souls and see them saved, but I myself am lost? You see, the gospel is inherently powerful. You can preach it, and a person will get saved even if you're not living right. Did you know that? There's a story of this two people in a bar, and this one person, he had walked away from God. He was deliberately living in sin, and it's one of the reasons why he was there. And yet this other person who was going through a great challenge was, uh, was there sitting beside him in the bar. They both were drinking, and he says to the other guy, he says, well, I know what can help you. And he shared the gospel with the man. Well, the man got saved. And his life was gloriously turned around by a drunk man sitting beside him sharing the gospel. You see, the message of the good news is good news, no matter how it's shared and no matter who shares it. And I'm so thankful that God's able to work in messy situations. So don't get too caught up in your presentation of it. Just remember that there are people who are desperately in need of the gospel. And you need to share it. Even if it fumbles out of your mouth. That's okay. That's all right. You're not trying to win an award for oratory. What you're trying to do is save souls. And the only way that can happen is when the message of the gospel is proclaimed. And then the Holy Spirit takes the words that were spoken and brings them to life in the heart of the dead person, the dead person in their spirit. Come to me, Jesus said. You see, what you're doing is, is you're pointing people to Jesus. He's the one who gives them rest. When you find someone overwhelmed by life, yes, it's okay to give them advice and help them out. But I'm going to tell you, the best advice you can give is bring him to Jesus. Bring him to Jesus. He'll teach him all kinds of stuff you don't know. Bring him to him. Say what he tells you to say, but primarily bring them to Jesus. The yoke that God gives us to carry is not overwhelming. It's, well, in his words, it's easy to bear. And it's light. Jesus said, I'm humble and gentle at heart. There's burdens all of us carry. And there are expectations that we have. There are expectations other people have of us. But I think that sometimes, perhaps even more difficult, are the expectations we have on ourselves. And sometimes we assume the expectations that other people have on us. Maybe one person said something and all of a sudden it becomes a consensus. We have to be careful that we listen to the voice of the Spirit of God. God's expectations are different than ours and they're different than other people's. God's looking at you and he sees your heart. It was read in a scripture this morning. Don't look on the outward appearance. Look on the heart. God sees your heart. His expectations are that you follow him. And as you follow him, he will guide and direct every single thing that has to do with your life. 
As you honor God, you're going to find times away with him, times alone with him. Luke chapter 5, verse 15, Jesus, he was very busy. In fact, the scripture tells us in the book of John that if everything was written down, there wouldn't be enough uh, paper and, and, and ink to be able to write it all down, everything that Jesus did. And yet, it says in Luke chapter 5, verse 16, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. I want you to think about this question for a moment. When was the last time that you found yourself in a lonely place with God? It's very important. It's one of the reasons why when we take time like we did this morning to grab your Bible and take a few minutes of quieting your heart before the Lord, that should be just a little snippet of some major times that you take away with God. You should be able to find delight and joy in setting aside some quiet time with God. But the challenge for us is, is oftentimes when we go to our quiet place, it's not so quiet there. Oh, it's not that noises are all around us. You can go out into the middle of the woods and all the stuff in your mind follows you right where you are. And unless you're willing to discipline yourself to say, God, I'm here for you, you can have your whole calendar right there with you. And in fact, you can have all kinds of conversations that you've had, every problem, every issue, every worry can all join you in that quiet place. But when you say, Spirit of God, I set aside this time, would you please give me the ability to be able to focus on you and on your word? You watch and see what God will do. He'll give you rest. He'll give you rest. For some, it's not just a matter of stopping working because that doesn't do it. Your mind may be traveling a mile a minute, but you need to take your thoughts and you need to bring them as burdens before the Lord. And one thing that has helped me is, is every time these worrisome thoughts or whatever comes to my mind, I literally at that moment say, God, that thought right there, I bring it to you, right there. Rather than piling them all in a package, say, God, that one thought right there. I believe your word that you're going to provide for me. So even though I may not have this at the moment, that was your promise, God. I trust you for that, and I stand upon your word. It's done. That one thought's taken care of. Wishing those thoughts away doesn't work. You have to bring the word of God to bear upon every burden and every worry that you deal with. Not only did Jesus get away to take time with his father, but in Mark chapter 6, verse 30, it says, The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. And then because so many people were coming and going that they didn't even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves to a boat, in a boat to a solitary place. Jesus wanted them to be able to take some downtime. They needed it, and you need it. We live in a very productive country, in a country where things move so fast. Having traveled to 20 countries plus, we live at a pace that is so much faster than a lot in the world. And my friends, not only in the natural realm, which is not what I'm here to talk to you about, but in the spiritual realm, 
we've got to slow down. We've got to take time for God and listen to his voice. Because only then can you really have peace. Then when you go to work, you're that much more effective because you're well-rested, rested in your spirit. You need a solitary time. You need a solitary place. And I encourage you to schedule those times as, as best you can to get away and to seek the Lord. You may know this story well, but it's important for us to remember. Jesus and his disciples, they were uh, on their way, and they came to a village where a woman named Martha opened up her home. She had a, Mary, a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted with all the preparations that had to be made. And she came to Jesus and she said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. And what an interesting situation. Here, Jesus is coming as a guest. And the person who has invited him into her home is saying, you know, I know you've got a lot more authority than I have. I'll let you use it so that we can get some stuff done around here. Because this lady, all she's doing is sitting there listening to you. We could actually be getting something done right now. Could you please tell her to stop listening to what you have to say and to get up and help me with whatever needs to be done? That was, now, there's nothing wrong with getting stuff done. But as it says in Ecclesiastes, there's a time for everything. And what happens is when we think that the time for production is all the time, we're missing it. There is time for production. And when we work, we better work hard and do our best for the glory of God. But when we rest, we better be careful that we don't allow our work and the burden of life to creep, creep in and to destroy the peace that God desires for us to experience. And so... Jesus responded to Martha, and he said, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. There were two people who were in the woods cutting down trees. And one day they challenged each other to an all-day tree-chopping contest. The challenger worked very hard, stopping only for a real short lunch break, and the other man had a leisurely lunch and took several breaks during the day. At the end of the day, the challenger was surprised and annoyed to find that the other fellow had chopped substantially more wood than he had. I don't get it, he said. Every time I checked, you were taking a rest, and yet you chopped more wood than I did. But you didn't notice, said the winning woodsman, that every time I sat down to rest, I was sharpening my axe. And I don't know if you've ever chopped wood with an axe before. I know Rick has. But when you chop with an axe that is dull, you do a whole lot more work. But when you chop with an axe that is sharp, you can get the job done so much quicker. And it's the same with our spirits. When our spirit is sharp, we can be on it. But I tell you, when you're not in tune with the spirit of God, and you're so overworked and just life is running you ragged, you'll find that you're not on it anymore. 
you feel like you're always trying to pick up the pieces that fall around you. If you feel like that's happening, you need to take time to seek the Lord. Get away from the busyness of life and allow the one who gave you the strength to work in the first place to give you time for rest. Rest is really important for all of us because during that time of rest, we get to remember not that, not that God looks at us just for what we produce, but rather for who we are. God values you for who you are and not just for what you perform. Rest keeps us humble because sometimes we think that if we stepped off the planet that some things would not happen anymore and we become too dependent on ourselves. Now, I'm thankful that God has me here as your pastor. I am so blessed. And I thank God for the opportunity to shepherd you as God's under-shepherd. But I have to remember that unless the hand of the Lord is on someone to do a task he has called them to do, the truth is, is that we as human beings, even as God's servants, are not indispensable. God can choose one. God can choose another. We must remain humble and reliant on him. If we get too dependent on ourselves to think, boy, no one else can do the job that I do, we only fool ourselves. So we need to keep humble and say, God, in a moment you could change this. So I'm going to simply follow your lead and rely on you. It's the same with you wherever you work. Don't think too much of yourself. Trust in the Lord. He's the one who gave you the job in the first place. Do your best, but also be willing to rest. Charles de Gaulle made this statement. He said, the graveyards are full of indispensable men. Somehow, even in our absence, the important tasks still get done and the company manages to stay in business. Somehow, the earth continues to revolve on its axis and the sun continues to rise and set. And this is a good thing. This is healthy. Because when we become too grandiose in thinking of ourselves as essential, then we become either arrogant or prideful or stressed out and depressed. And either way, we're taking a load upon ourselves that only God is equipped to bear. Peter says, humble yourselves under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. That's the first part. The second one you may know well. Cast your burdens on the Lord because he cares for you. But that requires the first part of humbling ourselves. You see, you are not primarily the provider. God is. He is Jehovah Jireh, not you. And so when you come, become too dependent on your job or your abilities, you're taking on yourself stress that you weren't meant to handle. And that's why sometimes we can get depressed because we are putting too much expectation upon ourselves when really he's the one. When you can throw your hands up and say, God, my life is in your hands. There is a freedom in that. There is a freedom. That's not to say you don't do your part, but you do your part and then you trust God even if things don't look well because he is faithful and he will fulfill his promise to provide for you.
The scripture tells us in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15, in repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. Psalm 62, verses 1 to 2, my soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. God desires for you and I to be effective, but he also desires for us to rest. And as we do, we have peace in knowing that God will continue to work out his plans for our lives. I don't know if you know the song, Leaning on the Everlasting Arms, but it's a beautiful song. It talks about our dependence upon God. You need to depend upon the Lord this week. And I want to encourage you this morning, I don't know what will come your way this week or what has already come your way, but you're not sustaining yourself. You're not capable to fully defend yourself. God alone is the one who provides and who sustains and who defends you. And only with that assurance could you or any other person go into hostile territory where it is illegal to proclaim the name of Christ and to know that somehow and some way God is going to sustain a work that he will do through your life. Chris and Cindy Stuckey are a couple among many who have said, God, wherever you call me, no matter how dangerous, no matter how difficult, I'm willing to go. And here we are in the United States of America. There are challenges, but we have great freedoms. Let's take advantage of what God has given to us. Let's rest in him and follow his lead and let's see the work of God continue to grow. There are many people that have taken all of the control for their lives upon their own shoulders, and they're very weary. As you go to work, as you speak to your family members, share with them that there is someone who has come to carry their burdens. Jesus can give them rest. I'm going to ask if the worship team could please come on up. And I want to ask you in this place today, the first thing I want to ask is, have you ever taken that opportunity to give your burdens over to the Lord? And to stop trying to pilot your life in the direction you want to go. But to say, God, I surrender my life to you. Friend, you may be trying really hard, but all your efforts are not enough. And that's why sometimes you can feel worn out. But Jesus says to you today, chill. Allow me to do the work that only I can do. Rest in me. Take my yoke upon you. My burden is light. My yoke is easy. Maybe you're in this room and you've been running your own life. Maybe if Jesus were to come today, you would not be ready because you have never surrendered your life to him. 
you've thought that somehow through your good works you're going to make up for all the wrong things you've done in life. And friend, you're never going to be able to do it. It's going to wear you out. Jesus says, stop. Turn your sins over to me. Repent and you will be forgiven. My first request this morning is as if you're in this room and you have never surrendered your heart to Jesus, you can never really have peace. Even going to church isn't going to bring that peace because only Jesus on the inside can bring that peace. If you're here today and you'd say, Pastor Joseph, I want that transformation in my heart. And I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I want him to forgive me of all my sins and make me a brand new person. If that's you in this place, would you simply raise your hand right where you are? I'd love to pray with you this morning. God sees you. He sees your heart. Is there anyone else in this room that needs to make that decision? This is the most important decision of your life. The Holy Spirit calls to you today, rest, rest in me. I invite all of us to join in this prayer together. And would you just simply with all of your heart surrender everything to the Lord today? Dear Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I need you. I choose today to relinquish my sin to you. Thank you for paying the price for my sin on the cross. Please wash my heart and please cleanse my mind and Please give me a brand new spirit. I choose from this day forward to put my hope and my trust in you alone. Please fill me with your spirit and write my name in the book of life. In your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you.